Um, look, y'all, I have never been this pregnant before. <laughs> and my first kid was already born at this point, so I'm just as surprised as you are. And uh, I'm finding myself wishing I could, wishing I could pull a, a Buckingham Palace and say, you know, she will no longer be making public appearances. Um, but here I am. <laughs> uh, God has, God, <laughs> God has called me to preach, and so I am here to preach whether I can reach the pulpit or not. <laughs> Listen, Mama Beans told us last week, and if you had any sense about you, you would have sat up straight in your chair and did what she says, because you know when Mama Bean says, listen, she's not playing around, right? Listen, she said, listen, because that is what is on all of our campus ministry posters all over campus. That is what's on our Instagram page and our Whitworth app chapel page. That's what's in our sermons, because that's the theme for us this semester because that is what is in the scripture. Listen, Shema in Hebrew. This is one of the most, if not the most important word in the whole book of Deuteronomy, and I might even argue in the whole Bible. So listen now for this word from God. Deuteronomy 6, verses four through nine. Hear, O Israel, The Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amen. In our Western 2020 culture, we listen in a particular way. We listen in a particular way. Listen, your parents might tell you on the phone as they give you some advice about college that they learned 25 years ago. And so you listen while you scroll through your Instagram feed or Snapchat or the news or something. You listen to that core lecture, right? (laughs) As you go back and forth between taking notes and maybe flipping through some flashcards for that other class you've got later that day. Eleanor has to listen to Cheaty on The Good Place wax poetic about philosophy in the same way that Jim and Pam have to listen to Michael Scott's endless monologues about workplace environment or his romantic life or something along those lines. We listen to three hours of thank you speeches at the Oscars or three hours of football commentators while we chat with our friends about who should really win and why. Beyonce tells her man that he should have listened in Dreamgirls. The senators listen to the trial. 
the public listens to reports about the virus, and you come to chapel on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and you listen to our sermons and our testimonies and our songs. We've got a particular way of listening in this day and age. And if we're honest, that particular way of listening tends to be more of this mental exercise, right, where we let the words into our ears and they just kind of sit there. We multitask. We figure out what's going to be on the test and then we toss the rest. We listen long enough to make that one comment and then we move on to something else. We let the words make us feel something for a moment and then we forget it. We've got a particular way of listening. I think T.S. Eliot was getting at this sort of a cynical view of the way we function when he wrote these words, where is the life we've lost in living? Where is the wisdom we've lost in knowledge? Where is the knowledge we've lost in information? And if I might be so bold to add, I would say, where is the listening that we've lost in hearing? Our passage this morning is something that faithful Jews have prayed daily for thousands and thousands of years, that passage that we just read this morning. This prayer is called the Shema. Can you say that with me? Shema. And it's called the Shema because that is the first word in Hebrew in this passage, and it means listen. Shema Yisrael, listen Israel, or hear Israel. Now a little background on this word Shema, it's not an uncommon word in the Old Testament. It actually shows up quite a bit in a lot of different ways. Uh, Like in Proverbs chapter 20 verse 12, ears that Shema and eyes that see the Lord has made them both this idea of listening. But the interesting thing about this word as it shows up in the Old Testament is that it often means more than just letting the sound waves hit your ears, as the Bible Project folks point out. Shema can mean paying attention to. Like in the story of Jacob and Leah, Leah was not loved by her husband Jacob, and so she says, The Lord has heard me, and I'm going to name my son Simon, or in Hebrew, Shem On. The Lord hears, right? The Lord has paid attention to me and my cry and given me this son. Shema can mean respond. Like in the Psalms, the psalmist cries out, Shema, O Lord. In Psalm 27, Shema, O Lord, when I cry out, be gracious to me and answer me. It's asking God to shema, not just to listen to the words I'm praying, right? But to respond, to do something about it. And in Exodus chapter 19, God says to God's people, if you shema my voice and keep my covenant, then you will be my treasured possession among all the people. You see, from God's point of view in this passage in Exodus, Shema, listen, is equivalent to keeping the covenant, making the promise and keeping the promise. 
Shema. There's no separate word in Hebrew for obey. In the Old Testament, if you want to talk about someone who wants to listen and do what you say, you use this single word, Shema. Western thinking, like us, often stresses that this listening is just an exercise of the intellect, something we do with our minds, right? And sometimes that tends to minimize any action that would follow the listening. But Hebrew thinking here in the Old Testament reminds us that there is an action that goes with the listening. They go together. And in fact, we have not truly taken what we've heard into our hearts until it transforms our lives as well. I'm going to say that again because I think that's really important when we think about this word, Shema. We've not truly taken what we've heard in our hearts until it transforms our lives as well. Of course, when we remember that Jesus was not just a white dude in the Western world, but he was a Jewish man brought up in a Hebrew culture in the Middle East, we can see that even when Jesus is talking and teaching, he speaks about listening in this deep sense of the word. Right? How often does he say, you have ears, but you're not hearing? Or does he say, truly, truly, I tell to you, meaning this is truth, and I want you to listen to it and do something about it. Right? Be transformed by what I'm telling you, the truth I'm telling you. James goes on later in the New Testament to tell us not, not just to listen to the word and so deceive ourselves, but do what it says. So I've got two younger brothers, and uh, that is them. <clears throat> they are full grown-up adults. They have real jobs and their own living places. Uh, we are all in our 30s now. Uh, but still, every Christmas, or every Mother's Day, or Father's Day, or birthday, I have to call them up and tell them, hey, mom's birthday is in a couple weeks. You need to go out and get a little something and a card and make sure you see her and give this to her, right? Or, hey, Father's Day is next Sunday. Make sure that you grab a card from the grocery store next time you go to buy milk so that when mom and dad have you over on Sunday, you can give dad a card. Like, I've got to remind them of this. And they usually, um, you know, nod their head over FaceTime or something and um, make some sarcastic comments about how I'm momming them even in my 30s. Uh, but inevitably... They scramble at the last minute to try to put something together so that they, when they show up at our parents' house, they've got something in hand for the birthday or the holiday or whatever it is. And I just want to take them by the shoulders and say, you need to shimami, <laughs> right? You need to listen and actually do something about this. Um, but, of course, they don't. <laughs> so... This action-oriented listening that we read about in Deuteronomy is important, but the important question still remains when we think about this passage, what is it that we are being called to listen to? 
Let me remind you for a second about our place in this story, okay? Israel has uh, been liberated from slavery in Egypt, and they're on this long, windy journey through the desert, and for 40 years, and generations have died and been born, and now here they are standing at the edge of the promised land, and Moses, who's been their fearless leader all throughout, keeping them on track, is not going into the promised land with them. And so he's trying to give them instructions for, this is how you are to keep on track in this new season of life. And he says, this is how you're to enter the land and enter into covenant relationship with me. And he begins, so listen, Israel. Listen, people of God. And before he gets into all the laws and everything else, he says this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. This is the first time that the command to love God shows up in the Bible, which you might be thinking is the perfect Valentine's Day sermon for this morning. But there's one, ex- there's one big uh, factor here. This love that we are commanded is not about our feelings. It's not about stirring up this mushy feeling towards God here because the people of God have been through too much with the Lord at this point to base this whole new season of life on a feeling. Instead, there is a much more sobering call for us to love God with our whole lives as a demonstration of total loyalty and obedience. It's reminiscent of that passage in 1 Corinthians 13 that says love is patient, love is kind, it's not envious or arrogant or boastful or rude. It's this sober, serious call to total loyalty to the Lord. Deuteronomy goes on to explain the different ways that we're called to love God to teach the next generation, to talk about it out loud, to pray into this love every single morning and every single evening, and to tattoo our whole lives with this rhythm, this relationship, this promise with God daily so as to remember it in all places and all times. And the grace, of course, in this whole passage is that the people of God in the Old Testament didn't keep the promise, right? They weren't able to do that perfectly. They didn't keep the covenant, but the good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, and whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. We wanna learn this routine in chapel this semester, and so we are gonna be saying the Shema every Thursday when we come to the table together in hopes that these words will not just sit in our ears, but will transform our lives. And so that is my prayer for us this morning, that these, uh, that these words would inspire us to listen differently and to love deeply the Lord our God. Thanks be to God. Amen. <laughs>